Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Megayat News Radio. I'm Diane Byrne, and today we're speaking with Bruce Johnson, the President and Chief Designer of Sparkman & Stevens. Over the course of about 75 years, Sparkman & Stevens has been responsible for the design of more than 2,700 yachts, commercial vessels, and military boats. Among the yachts, many have gone on to win prestigious international races as well as design awards. Bruce is here today to talk about his own experiences with the company, as well as discuss some projects that Sparkman and Stevens is presently working on. So let's get started. Bruce, welcome to Mega Yacht News Radio. Good morning. How are you, Diane? Good, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Beautiful day here in New York. It sure is. I think we've finally deserved this weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been crazy. So why don't we start with um, with your background? You know, a lot of the people I talk to, I like to ask them how they became involved in the yachting industry because they usually grew up boating or have some other interesting um, hook as to how they got involved. So, what's your backstory? Um, I I took a pretty uh, strange route to get here, but um, I, I did grow up yachting, but primarily on smaller boats um, and. A lot of my summer summers were spent on Candlewood Lake in Connecticut, which is a very large lake, and um, always had an interest in boating and sailing. But anyway, in in I'd say the seven the late seventies, I got involved in the auto industry. Actually, worked my way up from an auto mechanic to eventually owning part of a small Chevrolet dealership in uh, Northwest Connecticut. Um, to finally getting the franchise and so forth. But since we were still so close to Candlewood Lake, we were buying race boat engines, uh, Chevy race engines, and converting them from marine use to put into race boats on the lake. And at some point, I got very tired of selling product I had no responsibility for. And, uh, I mean, Chevys were a good product, but there were – I wanted to get more into the wholesale side – of transportation and realized, okay, if I went back and became a designer of automobiles, I'd probably be responsible for designing a an armrest or something with a team of many, many people. Right. So I went back to school and I thought, well, okay, with, with boats, you could, after researching it, you could be responsible for the final product in, and in a small way. And that's exactly what my experience has been since. Uh, it's very rewarding to, you know, take an owner's ideas, develop them into his dream, and ultimately deliver it and try to give him a trouble-free boat, if you will. Right, right. So how long was it after you went back for for yacht design did you join Sparkman and Steven? Immediately. Um, part of our program at the landing school was uh, to do an internship and I was determined because part of our, one of our textbooks was Skeen's Elements of Yacht Design, which is very much the drawings of Sparkman and Stevens. 
and Frank Kinney, who had revised the book, was an alumni of Sparkman Stevens, and that was my ultimate objective. I came down and worked with them a couple of weeks, was offered a job, and I took it. Excellent. Um, and yes, it was very, it was, it was great. Um, at that time, we were down on 28th Street and Madison Avenue, and I can remember, you know, going there for the first time, and it was a little different than our current office. It was, you know, it was very linoleum, you know, with <laughs> exposed pipes in the ceilings and very old school, but it was really um, amazing to be surrounded by that much history. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask you about that, too. As You know, as much as it's incredibly exciting to be involved in a firm that has such a storied history, was there ever even maybe a little hesitation or even a little intimidation on your part, knowing, you know, if the walls could talk, the stories that they could tell? Uh, not really, because, uh, and, you know, as I became uh, friendlier with Olin, Stevens, and Rod, it became clear that, you know, Olin in particular was very much a big-picture guy. And many, many designers, as you well know, have come through the doors of Sparkman and Stevens over the years. And he pretty much, you know, let them use their own style, but, uh, you know, conforming to what, what an S&S boat would be. But in, in looking at all the old drawings, which is fascinating, um, you can see, you know, from Dave Pedrick or uh, Hermann Frères or um, anybody, uh, it's it's clear that their their you know style came through. If you look at the few boats that Augie Nielsen did when he was here, for example, they are clearly an Augie Nielsen style boat. When you look at what he did in his private professional career, mm-hmm. so and at the time I joined the firm. They were extremely busy, and I was, and they, you know, they had taken on a new 48-foot sailboat, and basically just said, "Okay, here you go." <laughs> and um, I was very involved with the not only the drawings but uh, construction oversight, and it was just a golden opportunity. And I think I did fairly well with at least the process. So they gave me another project after that, and it was sort of funny because I went to school in Maine. For some reason, Bill Lang and Alan Gilbert, who were the bosses at that time, just equated me with wood. So they said, oh, it's a wood boat. Give it to Bruce, and, uh, which was fine with me. Um, we did a very – I think the second project I worked on was an 82-foot coal-molded IMS boat that was built at San Germani in Italy, and it was a beautiful boat and uh, a lot of interesting details because it's a fairly big boat to do in coal-molded. And um, – so a lot of the structure, chain plates and so forth, keel structure were were pretty um, exotic for the time. Right, right. You know, given the various materials that the yachts are built of, and given all the different designs that Sparkman and Stevens has been and has been leading, um, you know, do you have any favorites? over the years that you've been there and you know some te- some people don't like to play favorites so if you don't want to play favorites is are there any that stand out particularly in your mind for one reason or another Well are you asking about the boats or the materials Oh the boats sorry the, the, the boats, boats themselves and and if it's a material you know if it's related to it being made of a certain material then that's fine as well 
Well, I mean, I think a, an interesting project was the sailboat Anna that was launched now three years ago. Um, and there was an owner who had tried to buy Stormy Weather, had gone to look at Durade, and uh, for one reason or another, the, he, did, he wasn't able to buy the boats. And he started thinking about a new boat. So he said, all right, let's, let's take Stormy Weather, which is a fairly typical SNS boat, um, in terms of style for that period, and let's develop a modern boat based on the aesthetic of that boat. So because the modern boat has a very shallow canoe body, uh, obviously we lose some headroom in the old you know, wine glass shaped sections. We could push the sole very far into the keel. Uh, and because of that, we had to increase the size of the boat proportionally to compensate till we got to a size where we could achieve the headroom under the flush deck, which is forward of the deckhouse. And that turned out to be a boat of uh, roughly 56 feet. And, it, you know, it, it was built of wood, which is a great material because you can leave a lot of the structure to um, the interior exposed. And it it actually adds to the you know the ambiance of the boat frankly and we built that up at brooklyn the boat was launched and very successful and it was very nice to um have owen involved at the time i mean it was very late in his life but he took an interest and the owner also knew owen so he would ask his opinion uh, you know what do you think of this or that and he was able to come to the launching um, and sail on the boat, which was very nice. Yeah, so. that's special. That's great. You know, this this owner's story, um, the fact that he was so involved with the project and he was asking Olin's opinion, you know, that makes me wonder if you find that today's owners are more educated about engineering and design in comparison to about a decade or so ago. Um. I don't think so. I think uh, from what I can tell from the old correspondence files, uh, owners have always been <laughs> knowledgeable and experienced. And it's it's a it's an interesting quandary about boat design in that you know, we're in the office designing boats and and we really have to work at getting out there and going sailing or power boating or whatever it is we do where owners are spending a good deal of their time boating. So, you know, it, in some regards, they are much more knowledgeable about how a boat is used, you know, what it, what, how it's set up to be practical than we are. Um, or, or, you know, it, it's, it's rewarding that they are in, as involved as they are and knowledgeable. Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. You know, even though, even though Sparkman and Stevens is, equally adapted power and sale projects. Do you find that the inquiries are coming in for more of one type versus the other? Well, of course, we've seen an increase in, in motor yacht design um, in the last 10 years, uh, like everyone. But of, of major design firms, I would say we are better known for sailing yachts. People are sometimes, who don't know as well, maybe are, are surprised that we're powerboat designers and that we have been, you know, since the beginning of the firm. I think I think design number three or something was a powerboat. 
Um, but we're getting nudged along into the powerboat realm like everybody else. Um, but uh, in the last three years, I think we have seen a slight turn toward more sailing projects as people are getting more cognizant of the cost of fuel um, and as boats are be, you know, people are trying to be more eco-friendly. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, sailing yacht is a logical solution to that. Right, right. Let's talk about some of the current projects that you have going on. You're working with RMK Marine, for example, in Turkey on a sailing yes. yacht that's actually similar in, in some senses to one that you had also designed for them maybe about two years or so ago, maybe even three years ago at this point when the project started. Um, what are some of the differences with the new yacht compared to the previous yacht? Um, it, it's it's a bit bigger, um, which allowed us to do a couple of interesting things. Um, the engine room is a midship, and we have a um, a longitudinal bulkhead on starboard which contains an opening door to the sea um, which is you know 600 millimeters over the waterline which allows people to board and swim from an amidships location so you can imagine on a large sailing yacht in a swell having if you've ever seen a a, a boats at like the Monaco Yacht Show where there's a pretty good swell and the transom doors are slapping on the water because, mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 pretty far aft and the counter's pretty far out of the water. So this allowed a nice way for people to board the boat and stay where there's minimal motion. And and we put a little day head and shower down there which so people can come out of the water, take a you know, wash off and and on the port side we were able to put a, a passageway uh, with another boarding door for provisioning the galley which is which is one level down uh, instead of dragging everything through the boat and 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 in both of these spaces we have uh, windows into the engine room which mm-hmm. is a two-story engine room which is kind of interesting for uh, guests when they're on board and that same passageway that goes to the provisioning door leads to a hidden passageway into the guest accommodations so the crew can stay out of sight and when the owners and their guests go up for breakfast or whatever they can go in and make the beds and do whatever they need to do the the boat the the 52 meter that we launched um, was interesting in that the owner's stateroom was a midship with a private staircase and which is what he wanted, and and that allowed us to get that stateroom in there without, you know, we we could eliminate a watertight door that would be required normally in that aft part of the boat. In this particular project, the owner is all the way aft, and it's a very, you know, extravagant stateroom, his and her uh, toilet rooms and so forth, but that allowed us to give a private entrance for the owner to the cockpit, which I think is kind of a nice touch. Um, and it's just, you know, always a challenge of going bigger and bigger and the sailing loads and so forth. Um, you know, these boats are just getting pretty enormous. Mm-hmm, right. On the motor yacht side, there's 
one particular project of yours that really caught my attention. It's the the expedition yacht Safira. Safira, yes. That has that a real eco-friendly um, emphasis. You, know, you were talking about that a little while ago in reference to the sailing yachts. This owner obviously wanted a motor yacht, but he's really, I think, going to a, a much larger degree than even many of the sailing yacht owners are in terms of trying to find things that are green-oriented. Why don't you talk about the initial meeting with that client and the research that you've all done together into the various options that you could put on board? Uh, we we did investigate a lot of different options, um, and some are more practical to implement than others. Uh, for example, we in the commercial side uh, there. There's a thing called a sky sail, which can be deployed and reduce fuel consumption, but it is at a uh, prototype stage, I would say. There are a couple of ships in service using them, and at the end of the day, it was cost prohibitive. Um, so it was left out. What what we did do, though, is, I mean, aside from designing or, you know, a an efficient hull, is we are using uh, Azipod drives, which are much more um, uh, efficient. Um, we are using all kinds of, wherever possible, recycled material, sustainable material, you know, um, counters that are made out of uh, remnant uh, marbles and so forth, wood that is deadfall wood. And interesting new development is all grip has come out with a new paint. They're just coming out with it now that is a, a low energy absorption paint because the guy wanted a navy blue boat. So they actually sent us a sample of a normal dark blue and the new paint and in the window of our office, I mean, you could barely touch the dark blue in the sunlight, and the new low energy absorption paint stayed virtually cool, which reduces the you know the amount of air conditioning you need on board. Mm, right. Um, which I think is is a phenomenal development. Um, yeah, that is. That's great. Yes, and um, you know the boat will be run uh, capable of being run on biodiesel, um, and so on and so forth, um, right down to the um, the waste system. So it's, uh, you know, LED lights, just the entire boat is going to be fitted with LED lights, which, which consume a fraction, um, you know, uh, low-energy consumption water makers. I mean, you know... Um, the exhaust will be uh, treated uh, to burn off soot and so forth. Um, uh, gray water will be recycled for, you know, cleaning decks and, you know. So there's there's a lot of things that you can do uh, to help. Obviously, building a sailboat is probably uh, the ultimate solution, but if one is after a motor yacht, there there are a number of good things available and becoming more and more available. Right, right. You know, given given the recession that's really crippled um, so many industries and definitely impacted the marine industry, 
um, a, a lot of businesses slowed down, but it, it seems like things are starting to turn around now. Owners are starting to come out a little bit more and start inquiring more about new projects. What is Sparkman and Stevens' experience, and, and are you experiencing this, this turnaround now as well? Um, we are. I mean, you know, we are in a very fortunate position that relative to a boat builder, you know, we're a fairly small company. Um, you know, boat builders that we work with may employ two or 300 people, so when there's a downturn, it's significant. Um, we are small enough or boutique enough that we can, you know, with with a few good projects we that are fairly lengthy, we can continue um, pretty easily. And and I will say we we have seen more and more um, people talking about boats, more and more inquiries in the last six months. I don't think we're all the way there yet. I think people are in a wait and see mode to see if it's really going to last. And, and it's like every time you turn around, you know, oh, what's going to happen with Greece? Or, you know, there's there's still some warning signs out there uh, that people are being cautious about. You know, right. um, in our in our brokerage business, the, it, it's uh, a lot different than years ago. I mean, people are, you know, deals are being made. A lot of deals are being made, but they're being made at uh, very low numbers. You know, sixty percent, seventy percent of the asking price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably going to continue for a little while longer. Unfortunately, given some of the conversations I've had with people, but the, the on the bright side, you know, if <laughs> if you can look on a bright side, at least things are moving. You know, people aren't yeah, I, sitting back I'm, anymore in in fear. Yeah, and I think what well, what happens is, you know, it. Um, if uh, a a guy is considering a new yacht and he can buy a brokerage boat at 50 or 60 cents on the dollar where he might have been considering a new boat um that will take that fellow out of the market for a few years mm-hmm. you know so on the positive side of that we have been more and more involved in the refit of some of our boats and other boats, um, you know, people say, all right, I'm going to buy this at a reduced rate, and then I'm going to put a little into it to make it how I want it. And that is actually a fairly rewarding part of the business to see our older boats, you know, going through metamorphosis to the to a new phase of their life. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always nice to see the, a combination of different ideas, too. I'm, I'm sure there are some owners who want the real old classic styles and maybe some owners want some some more modern touches so from project to project it probably varies i would think oh very much so and the yeah. and the other side of it is i mean so many famous sns boats have been restored uh, right. like dorade for example or sunny or argyle or skylark i mean you can go through a whole bunch um uh we're kind of running out of <laughs> you know good boats to restore so then people sort of turn back to a potential new design. Right, right. Um, and another side, an interesting facet of our business is uh, we have people interested in building um, copies of older famous designs. And it's a very economical way. You know, you know it's a proven boat. You know it's a good boat. It's a boat you could probably go sail and then decide to build one. So... We just launched, uh, helped a guy in the Netherlands launch a New York 32, 
um, and uh, we just sold a complete set of plans for a new copy of Bolero, and um, so on and so forth. We, we we have four or five maybe new builds a year just based on existing plans. Right. Do you think that's going to be a trend over the next several years, like maybe five years or so, that people are, are going to continue to want to build the replicas of the proven boats? Or do you see it returning to uh, uh, almost what it was a few years ago where people were trying to have something new and different and maybe perhaps some will be the super-sized super yachts, but others will be um, more in the quote-unquote normal <laughs> size range if you can yeah, well, I think the normal size range? Th- there's both. I mean, I, I think you're always going to have the the people who who only need or want a, a boat that they can handle with their friends. You know, they don't want to deal with crew. They keep it at their mooring. Um, they want it pretty to look at and good sailing and safe and so forth. And But you'll always have the guys who are looking for uh, bigger, and people will continue to, I think, push that limit Uh, I think that's just human nature right right interesting well Bruce thanks so much for speaking with us today and thanks for sharing your experience and your insights oh it's my pleasure terrific well everybody if you'd like to learn more about Sparkman and Stevens you can visit the company's website which is www.sparkmanstevens.com thanks for tuning in to Meggy Out News Radio today To learn more about the Mega Yacht Market, you can read my daily blog, check out exclusive videos, and listen to more exclusive podcasts on my website, which is www.megayachtnews.org. Thank you.